If what you thought to be true about money turned out to not be true, when would you want to know? Welcome to the Surf City Financial Podcast, where you will learn about all things money. Each week, we will feature guest experts in the areas of retirement planning, business planning, college planning, estate planning, and benefit planning, so you can have a more secure financial future. Your host, Brian Zeke, is the co-author of There's More to Financial Planning Than Financial Planning. CEO of Surf City Financial Group and is a seasoned veteran in the financial services and insurance industry. If you have an interest in learning the strategies for building real wealth without risk, you're in the right place. And now your host, Brian Zeke. Well, thank you, Corey, for that introduction. Hi, everyone. This is Brian Zeke. I am your podcast host. I'm also the founder and CEO of Surf City Financial Group, and welcome to the Surf City Financial Podcast. Let's jump into it. In this episode, we're going to be talking about three types of money. Now, you may be wondering, what are three types of money? What does that mean? Well, anyone that's worked with us in the past, if you're out there listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about because these are some of the first things we talk about when we are working with someone new. We think going over these three types of money are very important. And those three types of money are accumulated money, lifestyle money, and transferred money. Now, the accumulated money is kind of interesting that tends to get the most attention. Everybody in our industry wants to talk to you about accumulated money. Matter of fact, I have associates in this industry that they won't talk to you unless you have at least a half a million dollars and some a million on up. And again, that's fine. That's a business decision. But what that tells you is they're, they're primarily looking at the investment piece, right? They're not going to be looking at your lifestyle transferred money. Because in reality, though, life's accumulated money is pretty much will fuel your future lifestyle. But do know if you're working with somebody like that, again, they're, you know, they're pretty much for the most part investment people. Cause you see that a lot of the big houses like the Edward Jones out there or the Raymond James, uh, you know, you name it. They're typically not going to talk to you a lot about these other things, which we think are super important. And again, you know, no judgment there. That's just, you, you should be aware that these other things have to be addressed. We talk to you about your accumulated money too, because obviously that's going to be not only your kind of slush fund now for emergencies or if an opportunity arises, and that's where proper asset allocation now becomes a bigger issue. But that accumulated money is what's going to fuel your future lifestyle. Uh, where's those retirement years? So what I call your unemployment years. So it is clearly important money and proper asset allocation and proper structure really becomes a big deal. And we, like we do use investment people. We have them, under, like I said, under our umbrella, but we actually kind of direct that ship anyway. I mean, we don't do the day-to-day trading and anyone who does what we do and try to say they're actually watching their investments on a daily basis and making trades there's no way I would ever have the time to do all that. I want someone who's actually dedicated to do that. And that's why we use third-party investment people because it is a very specialized job. But the other nice thing is the, the ones we work with, when we've designed a plan, they will invest accordingly. I mean, we take in the risk tolerance and all that into account, but we feel if you've properly allocated money and not everything in the market, 
you can take a piece of that market money and be a little more aggressive. I do believe in multiple buckets of money. But again, super important because it will drive your future lifestyle. But And that accumulated money has to be cover a lot of ground once you have gone into retirement because most people, that is now your money. That is what you're going to be living on because if you've left the job or turned down your business or whatever, I mean, you've got to cover some serious stuff with that money. You've got you to not only fuel your lifestyle and make sure it lasts until you're gone, but you've got to be prepared for you know, market corrections, tax law changes, inflation, and healthcare risk. Because one of the big ones out there, which can cost a lot of money, is you know, long-term care. So it really is super important that even those dollars are allocated. So it is important, but it's not the only thing you should be thinking about. In some ways, some of the other dollars are, you know, because when I start talking about lifestyle dollars, which I'll do now, I mean, those again, those accumulated money is very, very important. But you, again, your accumulated money is basically going to be your future lifestyle dollars. And lifestyle is a very subjective thing. And how much you'll need to go into retirement is somewhat subjective as well. It depends on the kind of lifestyle you want to lead. And now, your lifestyle dollars, and we're, and let me say this about lifestyle dollars, we are not going to be those people that say you can't have your Starbucks or whatever it is, your little hot button. Now, we are not afraid to tell you if we think you're living beyond your means and because if you're not able to save enough money, we will point that out because you do have to develop a balance between current lifestyle, and future lifestyle. And the one thing I know, once we, if you educate somebody, they'll typically do the adjustments themselves when you're making them aware how much they actually need to put away. But that said, there's so many things that are lifestyle decisions when you think about it. I mean, the car you drive is a lifestyle decision. The house you live in is a lifestyle decision. The neighborhood you live in is a lifestyle decision. You know, because you could take public transportation or ride a bike, you know, or keep buying crappy old cars that fall apart every six months and just, you know, which I might add can get expensive too. But again, it's a lifestyle decision because I, I know people that drive really nice cars. I can't say I don't drive a pretty nice car because I, I really enjoy my car. If anybody knows me, they know why I enjoy my car so much. It's not the most expensive one in the world. But again, a lot of it is a lifestyle decision. Again, a house you live in. Because a house is not much of an investment. Because I know people look at their house as an investment. It is an investment as far as, well, I'm not going to say it's an investment. It's, it's truly a lifestyle. But there's a lot of value in owning a home. Now, I know there's a lot of millennials out there actually uh, going into renting. And I hear a lot of people say they'll just sell and rent. Well, one of the problems, you, I think you give up a lot of options by not owning a home. A lot of options. Now, I understand they can be a headache too. But again, there's a lot of different things as far as planning that I do around the ownership of a house or a condo or whatever the case may be. But again, I don't look at the investment because if you ever did the math on the rate of return on a house, you will see it's not all that. When you stop considering all the insurances, the taxes, the upkeep, the repairs, all those things, I always say it costs money to live indoors. But again, to me, there's a lot of value, even though it's not a very good investment, 
there's still a lot of value to owning a home, which we'll go into that more in future episodes. Again, lifestyle. Again, I'm not the one going to tell you you shouldn't have a good lifestyle because we don't know how long we're going to be on this earth. We just don't. So I do believe you should have as much fun and as good a lifestyle that makes sense for you as you can possibly have. So enjoy, but don't get in over your head. And again, we look at that. We find other ways to help you save, and which is going to take me into those transferred money. Now, transferred money, I think, is super important and quite often very much ignored because transferred are those dollars you may be giving away unknowingly and unnecessarily. Now, we all have transferred dollars in our world because in a lot of ways they're impossible to get rid of, but you can certainly minimize them and be super efficient because that's where we start when we start working with people. Our goal is not to reduce your lifestyle because if we can make you efficient and or I should say eliminate unnecessary wealth transfers, that's more we can either add a little bit more to your lifestyle or accumulate, put it in your accumulation tank. That's why we begin our search there. And that's why, you know, with working with people that haven't accumulated a lot, like I said, we've we've worked with people that didn't have much saved and we've shown them how to save and where to find the money to put away. Not just reducing lifestyle, but how they handle these transferred dollars. Because they can show up in a lot of places. It may be how you pay for cars. It may be how you're paying for your house. It may be how you're funding your retirement plans. And we find things, for instance, like people are overpaying insurance. That's always an interesting thing to me because we find two things. Sometimes people are overinsured, but sometimes they're underinsured. We see people with these super Cadillac health plans, for instance, when it's really not necessary. It becomes actually cheaper to maybe go to a higher deductible type plan that'll save you a lot of money. Kind of depends on how much you go to the doctor, what your patterns are there and things like that. Same thing with auto insurance. You know, maybe you raise a deductible and if you can handle a little bigger deductible if something does happen, because there's not that really great a chance of getting a car wreck. I mean, it doesn't always feel that way when you're out there on the 405 freeway or someplace like that. But in reality, it's the same thing with your house catching on fire. It's not, not that high a probability, but it can happen. But there's no sense in overpaying for those types of insurances because we need them. But those are insurances we get with the hope of not using them. So, again, we look at all these things and where we can find money to put back either in your lifestyle or your accumulated money. I think one of the worst things out there is because I'm a big believer in using credit cards. I use them all the time, but we just pay it off at the end of the month. And that's another thing, uh, have understanding your, your spending patterns and what you need and how you pay for things, again, becomes really important. Now, credit cards, on the other hand, let's give me a bit of an example. Let's say you, you're carrying a $10,000 credit card balance over three years, which I find surprisingly common. And I think because people don't take the time to think about it, it's too easy just to make that minimum payment. Let's say you're carrying a $10,000 balance over three years. And let's say you're paying a 16% interest rate on a credit card, which is fairly low for a credit card. In that instance, you'll be paying $5,915 in interest. Think about that for a minute. Over three years. Just think if you were to save an extra $5,915 
every three years. Now, with that interest, if you were able to just invest the interest over those three years, you would have actually earned $6,277. And that's based on a 6% rate of return. So if you're getting a 6% rate of return on $5,915, you would have actually earned 6200 bucks. So that's pretty good. If you extrapolate that out over a great period of time. Now, the other thing I'll point out, the lender is actually making about $7,000, about $7,158. So they do better than everybody. <laughs> Bottom line is why they're in the business and why they they give you unsecured credit because it's not that big a risk to them. They make good money off this pretty quickly, not to mention what they're getting from the stores and stuff. You're shopping with those credit cards at. That's why, you know, when when you put that in perspective, it really becomes a big thing. And that kind of goes along with all your wealth transfers. Why we think it's important to be efficient with your money, whether it be paying taxes, not paying taxes that you're paying now that you can eliminate paying. And that goes for future, your retirement dollars too. Are you set up in your retirement, those accumulated dollars where you can mitigate taxes there too? Because if you have all your money in a 401k, you're going to be taxing every part of your retirement dollars with maybe exception of 15% of your Social Security. But that's another story for another uh, segment here. But let me give you an example how powerful approach this is to find these dollars that you're giving away unknowingly and unnecessarily. Now, let me give an example. If you're making $100K a year, $100,000 a year, and let's say you're saving $6,000 a year annually. Now, again, let's assume that's 6% rate of return. So what that's telling us is you're earning about $360 of interest on that $6,000 you just saved. Now, what that also means is you have annual lifestyle expenses of $94,000, which that's not a judgment. That's just the numbers, right? But if we can go in there and just find 1% in savings in those transferred dollars, whether it be an overpayment insurance, whether it be credit cards, how you're paying your house, whatever the case may be, if we can find just 1% in savings in, in those transfers, dollars, that would save you $940, which is an equivalent of a 15.67% rate of return. Now, if you want to test me on that, break out your calculators. You will see that 15.67% of 6,000 is $940. So again, I don't know about you, if you were able to find that over a long period of time, that's going to add up to real dollars. So that becomes a big issue. So that's why we start our search there when we work with people. Because we think that those are the dollars we need to, now we're definitely going to, when we take on clients, we're going to look at all this stuff. And we're going to try to do proper asset allocation. We're going to make sure they have money set aside for opportunity or crisis, because both are going to happen. And we're going to make sure you're not getting crazy with your lifestyle, but we typically don't want to bother you too much on that unless it's out of balance. But we are usually going to start our search in those transfer dollars. We're going to look at everything. We're going to look at your insurances and everything else. 
Because as you see, just by that little bit of math, just think if we could find three, four, 5%. I remember working with a guy, he's been a client for quite a while now, great guy. He has a small business. And we were able to go in there and how he was paying his mortgage and a few other things in his business. And we were actually, we were actually able to save him almost $45,000 a year we were able to put away for him. Now, if you don't think that didn't impact his retirement quite a bit, it was amazing. And he's actually phasing into retirement as, you know, right now as we speak, which I'm excited for him, which is another thing. Uh, when it comes to small business owners, they really have to think about all this stuff because a couple of things I know about small business owners, they're not great at getting ready for uh, retirement. They usually plowing their money back in their business or paying attention to their business. But they have to stop and remember how much money they're actually taking out of that business. And if they shut down that business, which this fellow I just referenced uh, actually did shut down his business, you no longer have all those great deductions anymore. And you're no longer taking those dollars out of there. And I have to say I have a bit of a soft spot for small business owners, being one myself. And I understand how hard it is to have a business plus save money. Because <laughs> your business, quite often you're investing in yourself, which I think is a smart thing, but you got to find a way to actually um, get some money put away because you can't rely on just selling your business. Because for instance, this guy could not find a buyer for his business, so he just unwound it, which we sort of anticipated that anyway. So he's fine. That's the good news is we got him in a pretty good place. But again, you small business owners out there listening to this, that's something, you know, and there are some things small business owners can also do that a lot of people can't take advantage of just because of owning that corporate structure becomes becomes pretty important. So that's why we think all these things are important. And if you're going to be a true advisor to people, you really need to dig into all this stuff and make sure all is set up, including once they go into retirement, because transfer dollars are even more impactful in retirement because you're no longer producing more dollars, right? Because if you're working, you can do some overtime, you can get a second job, you can... Um, you know, if you're a small business owner, you just amp up the business, you go out there, find some more business, whatever the case may be, if cash flow gets to be an issue. But once you're retired, you've unwound a bit, it gets a little tougher. I mean, nobody wants to go to Walmart and be a greeter. So getting all this together becomes really, really important. And that's why I think those transfer dollars, whether you're a business owner or not a bit or just an individual, W-2 employee, becomes really important. And all these things are very important. So we hope this was very useful. And if you want to find out if you have transferred dollars in your world, if your accumulated money is properly allocated, are you living the kind of lifestyle you want to live? Feel free to reach out and, you know, let's have some conversation. No cost, no pressure. Sit down and talk to you about this and, and show you what what we do here. And also at the end of the podcast, you're also going to be uh, on our exit here. You're going to also get an invitation to join something we've put together for people where it can be kind of somewhat self-paced, where we've put a lot of resource together so you can actually learn about this stuff. And it's called our Surf City Financial Accelerator. So listen to going on the way out of this and you'll get some information on that. Other than that, if you need to reach me, have any questions, any suggestions, uh, love feedback, reach out to me, Brian at Surf City Financial Group, B-R-I-A-N, and let's have conversation.
Thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Ready to take your finances to the next level? Register for our free financial masterclass at surfcityfinancialgroup.com slash masterclass, where you will learn the three secrets for creating a secure financial future without risk. And be sure to apply for your free scholarship into our Financial Accelerator program at ServeCityFinancialAccelerator.com. This is a six-week program that provides over $4,000 of financial resources, one-on-one coaching, and online education. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in to the next episode where we help you catch the wave to financial success and financial security.